the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back as we head into our third hour for your drive home. We have Sam Stone. We have Sam Stone in studio. You can follow him on Twitter X, known as Twix, at Sam the Paul, P-O-L. Uh, he is a political consultant in town. He has his own radio show heard here every uh, Saturday afternoons at 3 p.m., Breaking Battlegrounds. He gets great guests, by the way. I need your booker. Yeah, yeah. I, Meaning I no it. disrespect. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Present company. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Who else is listening in <laughs> yeah. on this uh, program right now? No, uh, look, you can fight us for Kylie Kipper, but it's two on one. You're at a big disadvantage. Oh, yeah. I mean, our, so Kylie does our booking, yeah. um, but she also does Kylie's Corner, uh-huh. which is where she informs us on the awful, terrible uh, police situation yeah. or criminal situation of the day. So whatever horrific thing has happened in the country, Kylie will be happy to deliver it to you with a smile okay. at the end of our program. Yeah. Well, no, you have, you, you've got, you've got, you do have great guests. you got a great one this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, so, uh, Tennessee Sen- uh, Senator, and I just blanked on her. Marsha. <laughs> Marsha Blackburn. Yeah. Um, and she was fantastic. Yeah, you know what? She's full of it. Uh, it full of fire. You yeah. know what I like about, liked about her interview? And this, I think, is relevant to a lot of what we end up talking about here. I do this deliberately to our guests, um, the office holders. We always say, hey, send us a list of things you want to talk about, that kind of thing, because we want to know what they're interested in doing. And then we send them what we want to talk about, too. I often will throw a straight curveball right out of one of those issues, right? And the reason I do that is not to necessarily see even what their position is on that curveball issue. It's to see, are they... Agile. agile on their feet. Are they mentally agile? Will they shift gears that quickly and be able to talk about something, you know, something specific, technical and different? She did that perfectly. I, th- I, th- I would imagine she could. I was going to ask you, is there a, a, a pantheon of a few or more that you think are very good at that? Who have you impressed you that uh, way? So Don Bacon uh-huh. is is really, really sharp that way. Mm-hmm. Um and she was as sharp as anyone we've had. Um, what I find actually interesting is the people who are best at that, mm-hmm. and this will surprise a lot of people, it's the New York Times and Washington Post reporters who are on international affairs, sure. not the political reporters, not the, you know, right. not the ones that we all get right. ticked off at, but the right. international affairs people who tend to be very much kind of traditional reporters mm-hmm. – their depth of knowledge and ability to shift from talking about Israel to talking about Ukraine to talking about Taiwan to talk is really impressive. I bet it is. It is. Because when they cover those countries, they're covering everything in that country, which right. means they're covering the same kind of stuff that we talk about here in other countries. And for the yeah. most part, they've lived there, yeah. right? So they, they are really good at that. Um, it, but as politicians go, she was fantastic. She jumped right on it. I hit her with a question. She, she wanted to talk about, about housing. And her thing was, well, we're going to double the LIHTC funding for states, which is great, fine. You know, that's the low-income housing um, monies that we get. Um, but I, 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 you know, shifted gears right back to her on, well, hey, wait a minute. That's great. But the problem is right now we build those LIHTC or HUD home loan money, housing 
And for here in the city of Phoenix, it's costing us now over $500,000 per unit. The most expensive private apartments are like two fifty, three hundred per unit. So that cost difference is just crushing. I mean, we we get half the low income housing that we should have because government manages we're paying to twice as much. Pay twice yeah. as much. Yeah. And I hit her with that, and that's a question I've hit a couple of different politicians with, and I get a lot of hemming and hawing, and they don't really even know what I'm talking yeah. about. Um, she immediately was like. Yeah, so that's been bad, and then we added this Green New Deal, and now you have to use, like, specific suppliers with specific types of materials. These are basically just earmarks for these companies, and she really got, I mean, right into it, right? I cannot tell you, Seth, how much I love a politician who knows what the heck they're talking about and can talk about anything under their aegis. Uh And they're comfortable. And they're comfortable. Yeah, I would say, you know, I'm just thinking in my own head as you're talking, it's such a fascinating point because there are guests you sometimes have that you know you can't really steer too far out of the lane with. Um, All my regular guests, I have a series of regular guests, you included, um, all of them can do this very well. Absolutely. Hugh Hallman is the best. You can talk about anything. It's why I like your show. Okay. It's why you first, you know, like I think before I even came on with you, I called in a few times just because I was listening to you driving around or whatever. And... um. I don't listen to a lot of talk radio, and the reason is because it's predictable for the most part. It's kind of a lot of screaming. There isn't a lot of depth to most of it. It's one of the reasons. It's very narrow. It's very narrow. It's one of the reasons I love your show, and it's one of the reasons that Chuck and I started doing Breaking Battlegrounds was to be able to do a little bit deeper dive on stuff. Um, I think there's an audience for it. I mean, I think obviously there's an audience for it. To, to, well, to you, you have a great audience here in the afternoons. We've been growing like crazy. I think there's a huge the American desire. people are smart, and yeah. I think too much talk radio and too much other conversations. They, I think they underestimate the American people. I think if a network right now went really serious about we're going to do real news, real analysis, both sides, balance, we're going to hit it hard, old school. I think their ratings would go through the roof. There's a reason Firing Line with Bill Buckley was the longest-lasting television right. show in history, I think, non-combat. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. If no. it wasn't, it's up there. It it's was up there for, for sure. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, that's I, – I think that the networks and the powers that be underestimate oh, I think the so public too. in a big way. I think so, too. Uh, well, thank you for the compliment. Um Politically, uh, you know who who I was really impressed with and maybe shouldn't be surprised by, uh, but I think a lot of the mainstream media would be surprised by who could do this. Uh, uh, he sticks out. He could do it so well on an interview I had with him was Josh Hawley. He is, he is really smart. He's really, He's really smart. <laughs> so we've talked a little bit before about sometimes you have a politician who comes in as a firebrand. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes those actually end up being mm-hmm. a few years down the road the best members of that body. Yeah. Because they maintain that fire, but they're smart and they gain that knowledge and they really dig in. I think Josh Hawley is on his way to being the next Ted Cruz, the next firebrand who becomes an intellectual in his approach. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I really – I thought Ted Cruz was a mediocre mm-hmm. – uh, senator mm-hmm. at first. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of the very best now. Yeah, I agree with that in assessment. That's mine too. I think Rand Paul came in as a good one and he's maybe totally the agree. best. Totally right? agree. Um, and and Marsha Blackburn is, is right up there too. She's very underestimated. Um, she got her chops in the house, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So, but 
I think Holly is on his way no. to being one of the really, really good, valuable senators in this country. Sometimes look at who the media hits the hardest to know who yeah. they find is the greatest threat. Right. Right. You know, sometimes, not always, but sometimes. not always, not always sometimes. by any means, yeah, but, sometimes. but but sometimes. And um, and look at what those people are saying. Yep. Right. If 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 all they're doing is throwing red meat to the lions on either side. Right. Stop. It's too easy. You're not impressing me. But if you can develop real nuance and one of the things I like about Holly that I like about Cruz um, and actually, Rand is not quite as good at this, is interviewing people in front of their committee. So quick. Right. So quick with the follow-up and the appropriate follow-up. Yes. They are asking the question you want asked. Yes, absolutely yeah. they are. Um, and, and in both cases, they really drill down to the substance of what they're getting at. And there's this game, I mean, we've all seen it, where these officials, these government officials come up and their entire – approach is just to duck and dodge and avoid any kind of question. And you really have to pin them down. I mean, it's like an eel on your plate. They just go slipping, sliding away. Um, Some of it might be good legal training. I'll tell you, I don't know how agile he is on a vast array of subjects. I wouldn't be surprised if he is. I've never interviewed him. He has a much slower temperament, but he's one of the best questioners is um, is uh, Senator John Kennedy. He Louisiana. is. He, no, he's he very that, good. That Southern trial lawyer, you know. Yeah, well, I think he is a Southern trial yeah. lawyer, isn't he? Yeah, is that yeah, his background? Yeah, yeah. Um, an old country lawyer. Yeah, he really, so, and he he knows the answer. Before, I mean, it's I got to gift. You, it's a gift. Th- there was a situation when I was growing up where my father got into a bad business deal with a guy who lived in New York City, right? And they ended up in a lawsuit against each other. And this guy hired one of those giant, high-powered New York law firms, right? And so when it comes time to go into court. They've literally got two tables set up side by side to fit the eight of them that they have up there. They're all in these perfect suits and all this stuff. We were living in far upstate New York in a town, Lake Placid. Um, at that time, it was about 3,000 people. I've been. So there's two lawyers in town, right? There's one who does like the accident injury stuff, and there's one who does contracts and all the other stuff. Well, we hire that one guy. He's frumpy as can be. He's wearing this suit that's older than, you know, it's older than any of the attorneys at the other table. He looks like a dump truck, and he gets up there and starts doing that old country drawl thing. Womp, womped the fa- womp the fancy butts. It's what, you want. it's what you want. There are a couple words that are just good words in and of themselves. I always thought ice cream was a beautiful word. It's a great word. You know what's another great word? And I want to return on this: steak sandwich. Oh, that is a great word. It is a great word. We'll be right back with Sam Stone. All well and good. I understand what you're doing there, David, but that is obviously not the preferred version. Obviously, we have a preferred version of Gonna Fly now, and that isn't it. Um, But I I know why you did that, and it'll be revealed momentarily. Sam Stone is my guest. I just said steak sandwich is a great word. It just is. It is. It's got all the right consonants put together with all the right vowels and the right imagery. Well, you know what? You say steak sandwich, and you can't help but start salivating. I mean, if you like a steak— and you like a sandwich. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with a steak sandwich. Absolutely right. Except yes. when they're not good. Yeah. Then that's – it's like a huge it's, – it's a different There is level. such a thing. There's no bad hot dog. There can be a bad steak sandwich. Yes. And, and when you run into one, it's such an enormous disappointment. <laughs> when you run into one. <laughs> because at the end of the day, you're like, wait a minute. You were all excited for this steak sandwich. <laughs> you, you, were, you were eager. And then, then – 
then you you just let down, and it's just such a complete and utter disappointment at that point. Now, here's where I'm going to lose all my audience and say something controversial and why David did what he did with that music. Because David is going to say a Philly cheesesteak is a good steak sandwich. And I'm gonna I think tell so. You, I'm going to tell you it's not. It's, it's, it is a lie. Well, it's I, a I, lie. I have it's to. It's not a cheesesteak. There's no steak about this. Well, okay. Yeah, actually, so I was going to say I have to agree and disagree. Okay. It's not a steak sandwich. You have to put it in a totally separate category. They are not It's at effectively all, a French dip with cheese. It's a French dip with cheese and onions yes. and peppers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which, which I like a French dip. I like cheese, onions, and peppers. <laughs> so, again, I'm fine with the out product. But you cannot compare it to a steak sandwich, which is a classic of its own. Yeah. And you can't call it a cheesesteak. It's not. An egg cream. You're from New York. An I, egg cream has is not an egg cream. I, I think you can call it a Philly steak sandwich. I think you have to. Yes. I think you have to qualify it. I, it, you know, Philly Philly cheese and meat sandwich. I don't know. Whatever. It's it's fine. It's not my thing. Okay, we're we're, we're pretty much in agreement, but. What we need to really agree on is beating up David Dahl for his Halloween costume. Oh, this is, gosh. You, did you see how he dressed for Halloween? That Can you see what he's got going on there? Oh, and he no. asked me to guess what he was. Oh, And no. he got mad at me for not getting it right. Do you I have mean, a guess? He, he looks like a Coke dealer I knew in the 90s. <laughs> okay. All right. That's a guess. That was not one that, that we is had a guess. so far. People... Yeah, no. I had a neighbor who was a Coke dealer in this apartment in Portland in the 90s, and he looked pretty much exactly like that. I guessed Fred Rogers. Yeah, okay. He said Harry Callahan from Dirty Harry. Here's the problem. I... Right. Okay. People can see this on Twix if they go to his feed at Dave, uh, underscore David underscore score doll. But here's the problem with – a Halloween costume trying to be Harry Callahan or Bob Newhart or, you know, anyone from the 70s or 60s. They dressed just like anyone from the 70s or 60s as Fred Rogers dressed. You can't dress as someone who dresses like everyone else from that era and expect to be identified as that person. For God's sakes, he was a plainclothes police officer. That, it's in the word, plainclothes, to mix in, I, to be indistinguishable. I think you just have to call him that 70s guy. That 70s guy. I'm good. I'm, that's, I'll that's, start a show. That's him. That's him. He's also a dead ringer for David Soul. A dead ringer. No, that's true. And that he is comes true. in yes. mad at us for not guessing that he was dressing like Michael Glazer today. Oh, see, no. I've that's, got the sweater. I don't know where this guy yeah. comes from. I don't know where he comes from. You you you, you got to. It's not just a sweater. This is what it, I'm dealing. It's with. more. He he may have been, and this is actually a transition to a serious topic. He may have been corrupted by social media. You and I were taken, I think, by Congressman Mike Gallagher's piece on TikTok. Yeah, know, very much. Today. Yep. Let's talk about that. There's these misdirected, misprioritized children in adult bodies aged 18 to 24 who are siding with Hamas. A majority of them are siding with yeah, Hamas. Like 51 or 54 percent? Yeah. 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 It, it shouldn't be more than 1 percent. Uh, look, I can understand. That, you know what the funny thing is in politics? You come to understand that 7 to 10 percent of people are going to believe anything. Okay. You know, so you just throw Start that away. Start there. Like, like Start whatever. There. Okay. Um, it's the other 40 percent of those that, that bother me because they have been 
so badly and deliberately miseducated by our our public education system and by our universities. They believe a a vast array of falsehoods in relation to Israel, but in relation to to so much else. Just anything, yeah. Um, and as we we've seen now, the number one news source and number one search engine for people, young people now in the country is TikTok. Right. Well, first, TikTok is not a search engine. It's not news. This is a Chinese government psyop to destroy America is what it is. Um, and, and if that 70% sounds— 70 percent of Americans, 12 to 17, use it. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's a huge problem. Um, if we were a smart country at all, we would have banned TikTok in any Chinese uh, social media company, any Chinese— I mean, like, there's no good reason for this. They, we. There are two versions of TikTok. Right. There's a there's a there's, Chinese there's, version which gives you your vegetables. Right. It's it's all educational videos yeah. and how to right. and all this stuff. And by the way, kids can only log on to it for a total of forty minutes right. per day. Right. Um, they understand the importance of a brain in China. Right. They do. They do. We don't. And that's particularly scary. Did you ever see? Uh, this was back in like I think 2010 or maybe it was 2000. When I believe it was IBM did the Did You Know series about information about the future. And one of their Did You Know points, which I thought was really critical for us to understand and start reacting to, was that because their population is so much larger, China has more honor students than the United States has students. Mm -hmm. And when you're talking about honor students, you're talking about very high IQ. Look, everyone has value. I'm not going to get like – a, a the most um, the most I don't like to say unskilled, but mm-hmm. the most blue collar basic job, if done really well, is a great honor. Mm-hmm. That you know that is honoring yourself mm-hmm. and your work. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people who can do very simple repetitive things, but they do them perfectly. Yep. Jimmy Buffett and has a beautiful song yes. about it called and, "It's My Job." Yep, and mm-hmm. that's absolutely a valuable thing. Yep, but societies advance under the ages of the 10 to 15% of the society that are the smartest, most capable. I mean, that's just a a historical fact. Obviously, there are people that buck that trend from time to time, people who have great charisma and and all these things. But for the most part, our advances come from the smartest people. Well, they have – their 10 to 15% is more than our 100%. So we have a massive structural disadvantage. Because of the bell curve and the numbers. Because of the bell curve, we should be doing everything we can to advance our top students as much as we possibly can, which China does. And they're doing everything they can to dumb ours down, and we're allowing it. Right. That's the other part. We have to stop this dumbing down of our kids, which is coming from our teachers' unions. It's coming from China. It's coming from people with, frankly, totally anti American agendas. And immature adults, too. Here. And immature adults. Let's, yeah. let's pick up on this on the other side. Sam Stone is my guest. Follow him on Twix at Sam the Paul, P O L. You know, I'll be right back. I, 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 I kind of had more in mind. Don't give up on us, baby. David Soul's number one hit, kind of not. What was Not that? that discord from the Starsky and Hutch television show or whatever? Those were <laughs> memories of a childhood that Sam obviously never had. You have so many names, David. Soul is your new one. Okay. Your grasshopper, your young David. Your... Sam Stone is my guest, uh, host of Breaking Battlegrounds uh, on uh, Saturdays at 3 p.m. and a political consultant in town. Talking about this TikTok uh, generation and what it's doing to our kids' brains. Sam, 
we can talk about the adults who are involved in this, too, and how China is weaponizing it. And to back it up real quick, yes, go ahead. most people may not realize, since China owns it, the head of the company is actually also the head of the Chinese Communist Party organization within that company, right? So it is a Chinese Communist Party operation. And their algorithm, and this has been tested, there are a couple of people who have done this test where they reposted one anti-Israel post, and all of a sudden their entire feed was filled with these things. So the Chinese, who are clearly our enemy, and we need to start thinking of them that way, are very much putting their thumb on the scale in this and feeding our kids a narrative that is anti-Israel and anti-American. So, As a Marxist entity, it's no shock because that is no. where the Palestinian Liberation Organization and Hamas all come out of anyway. If you look at the evil in the world today, almost all of it ties to Marxist ideology Absolutely. in one form or another. Absolutely. And the whole anti-colonial imperialist language is right out of Khrushchev. So yeah, I mean, it was, was, it was a very deliberate, very deliberate PR right. move yep. by the Soviet Union yep. at that time. So. Yep. 76.2% of those aged 18 to 24 regularly use TikTok. So, again, this arrested development situation. But I started getting a little worried about this. You can fix me on this if you want. You can uh, change my mind or, or, or tell me I'm wrong. About 15 or 20 years ago, there was a poll that had young adults getting most of their news from Jon Stewart. Mm-hmm. You may remember this. Yeah, I do. And that was a real problem because John Stewart's show, I knew it. I went to I worked with people that would go on it. It was a terribly distortive show. It was never live. He taped and edited the hell out of that thing to make him look good and his guests who he disagreed with deliberately look bad. It was once you knew the gig, you knew not to go back. Oh no, yeah, no conservative went twice on that program Pretty much. because they, they saw, saw what, yeah. they saw what it he did. It wasn't him being clever, it was and, his 80 producers. Right. And right. and John is is a good entertainer, but he's not a deep thinker in any way, shape, or form. So I mean, kids were getting this. Now, the thing that makes it a little weird is I have to tell you, Sam, I have been more and more impressed with Bill Maher's show. Some of the deepest conversations you get on those panels. But you know what? I don't think young kids are watching Bill Maher's show. I think it's an adult it's people. Audience. It's people our age who yeah. are watching Bill Maher, yeah. right? Yeah. And And good, because there are a lot of what I would now call soft liberals mm-hmm. or, you know, Democrats who don't really understand. On their way out of the party. Yeah, they don't understand (laughs) what the Democrat Party has become. And now, you know, they're getting exposed to it. This, I think, two things historically may actually work in our favor a great deal. One was uh, the school closures where parents saw the garbage. Jennifer said from Levi's. The the junk that our kids are being fed in public schools. And two, now this Israel-Hamas situation, because it is so morally clear. There is a moral side to this conflict. There is an amoral side to this conflict. And which is which is not confusing for anybody with a brain. And yet a majority of our young people have it backwards. And so, yeah, it, it's a huge concern. And they are not listening to Bill Maher. They are not listening to to any of these folks. They are on TikTok. And they're listening – um, frankly, to people who have no business, well, Bill, the, what, what Adam Carolla calls five-minute trained historians, they yeah, learned I, history five minutes ago. Yeah, you know Jackson Hinkle, right? right who right. gets seven and a half percent in in a a, a run for office mm-hmm. and becomes this huge star who knows nothing. Right. He is just an absolute moron, 
and this guy is suddenly the number one influencer for these kids. And he is a radical anti-Semite. He is, you know, full Marxist ideology adopt, uh, adaptee. He has no ability to reconsider any position. Um, you know, I've looked into his stuff. It's really bad. And this is what they're being fed. Right. It, is, it is the poisoning of America's future. Nicely put. Poisoning and intoxication of America's future because, I mean, it's just inevitable. You're, you already see too many of these people in charge. You already see this at the professoriate and in the university level. Maybe it explains some of the C-suite problems, too, with these decisions a lot of corporations are making. Sam Stone and I will be right back. What version is that? That's not the Paul Simon version. It is Paul Simon That's and Paul George Simon. Harrison. That's Paul Simon and George Harrison? Yeah. Okay. Little heavy, little heavy on the George there, I think, is the problem. Well, this is only George right It is now. his song. <laughs> I guess it's, he deserves the— Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Sam Stone is my guest. Sam the Paul, host of Breaking Battlegrounds. Um, there are ways to uh, start civil wars in this country. It, unfortunately, the ways are myriad and much closer and more urgent than I think most people understand. And I— and, it's particularly terrifying when you look at polling on how many people are don't believe that our democratic processes can work and they should um, resort to violence to get their way. We're nearing majorities on both sides of the aisle on that issue, um, which makes I mean, and there must be a, you know millions of independents sitting in the middle right now going, "Oh my goodness!" Right. You know, because that's I'm, the Republican yeah. they'll hear when they're thinking about the Republican Party, or that's the Democrat, right? They'll, right. Yeah. Um, but E.J. Montini uh, is advocating what I believe is the single fastest way to kick off a civil war in this country. And, and I don't say that facetiously. I'm not trying to be glib. Um, and people should be very careful and considerate when they start talking about stuff like this. And I'm going to try to be um, because at the end of the day, it is closer and more real now than it has been since the Civil War. Everyone is on edge. Um and EJ today has a piece out. He's advocating to throw Donald Trump off the ballot in Arizona and urging Chris Mays to begin the process to attempt to do that. This is under the 14th Amendment disqualification clause. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And um, Colorado is kind of leading that movement right now. A few other states. Uh, Colorado is a little bit dangerous. But what really worries me is a state like Arizona that is a real swing state. Mm-hmm. Um so it's one thing if you throw Donald Trump off the ballot in California, yeah. right? Like right. He, he, yeah. he's not getting those electoral votes. But if you if there's a handful of states, including Colorado, to some degree, that could be swings. I don't. I think Colorado's in the blue camp now. Um, but but it's not that far out, right? Nevada's. It's a tale of its own problem. Yeah. By the way. Colorado used to be a solid. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So. Um, but they're trying Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. You know, they, yep. there's talk here. Uh, there's talk in Georgia. You know, a lot of these places. Now, it won't happen in Georgia. Republican governor, Republican legislature, it's not going to happen. Here, our law probably prevents it. Colorado may be a different story. Pennsylvania may be a different story. Wisconsin could potentially be a different story. If they throw Trump off the ballot, you will start this, the next civil war, period. And that's my take on it is that there will be a true armed rebellion at that point. Um, the likelihood to me is almost 100%. And maybe that's wanted. 
by the way, maybe uh, sometimes you listen to these people and you wonder if they are not urging an overreaction or depending on what qualifies as an overreaction, but a reaction. I I think they tried very hard to generate an overreaction on January 6th. I think they did everything they could to let that get out of control and try to create a crisis – that would allow them to step in with the jackboot of authority across this country. And I do think— And then milk it for two years. And then milk it for two—yeah. I think I think there are very much an element on both sides. But I think on the Dem side, what makes it more dangerous is that they've shown their ability to use government levers of power yeah. and the law uh, against their political opponents in a way that Republicans have, have not done— and I, I agree. I think there are people that are absolutely trying to kick this off. Now, I think EJ is an idiot, and I don't believe he's one of them. I think he is just a dyed-in-the-wool liberal moron who was broken by Trump. Broken by something. Um, he, you read him lately. I'm not sure if he's broken into a strunken white in a long time or a dictionary, by the way. No, he, the columns his, are so his mind is going. Something I mean, you can see it. He's, I can't believe that those things get published. Some e, of them. EJ has been cracked wide open. I used to find some interesting sure. thoughts Once, in his work. Yeah. I mean, you know, most of the time I was like, oh, EJ. He's been a long time. I think he's been doing it since I was in high school. Yeah, I, no, I, I, as long as I've been in Arizona, he's he's been doing it. Um, and that's 30 Years, whatever. But there's a gloss and patina of additional danger to this because it comes with the intellectual uh, uh, credibility, if you want, from a Harvard law professor named Lawrence Tribe. Right. And anyone who went to law school knows Lawrence Tribe was the con law. He and Erwin Chemerinsky were the liberal and a guy named Jeff Stone, I think, and maybe one other. He's the go-to con law guy for the Obama administration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, a poten- was a potential Supreme Court nominee for many years. Here's in his essay, Kicking This Off. He started this in The Atlantic. He writes this sentence, Lawrence Tribe does. The disqualification clause operates independently of any criminal proceedings and indeed independently of impeachment proceedings and congressional legislation. Think about how dangerous that point is. That is to say you can disqualify a person for leading an insurrection if they— were never charged with it in a criminal proceeding, if they were never impeached for it in a congressional hearing or any congressional legislation whatsoever to the contrary. Do you realize how dangerous this is? This is ruled by one man. This is totalitarianism. Well, it absolutely is. It's very clearly what he was advocating Mm -hmm. for. I mean, except that it's not one man because we all know that, uh, that Joe Biden does not make the decisions. What he's advocating for is authoritarian by elitism, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So he, he views himself as oh, part of what that will be that decision-making tree. Yeah. So he's viewing him, you know, this is at its heart. Um, this is the fundamental issue that I have with Kate Gallego here in the city of Phoenix. She has a very Lawrence Tribian mentality when it comes to the public. And this mentality, I think, has been fostered by these uh, Ivy League and elite institutions that says we are better educated and better trained than you are. Therefore, we are qualified to make decisions for you. We can talk about the 14th Amendment. Right. We're liberals. The liberal, the Constitution is a liberal document. You guys don't know what you're talking about. Right. Right. And I mean, it, but it breeds down to everything. I mean, look at look at overall the um, the programmatic agenda of the left. What they're trying to do is replace individual license and liberty with a top down system of authoritarian government dictation. 
and I don't even say dictatorship because we think of one person. Mm -hmm. This is more a bureaucratic dictation. Bureaucracy is dictating to everybody underneath them how they will live. This is, by the way, for those who aren't familiar, this is the Chinese model. Yeah, that's right. This is how their government is set up and runs. Um. I I just I just hope the liberal left understands the fire they're playing with here. I just hope they do. And part of me is additionally concerned, I'll say it again, that a lot of them want the confrontation. Well, see, this is the problem. I think they're split. I think there's this big portion that wants and is trying to instigate that confrontation. And then I think there's the other portion that doesn't understand at all because they're only ever exposed to one's point of view, one side from media and culture and all these things. Oh, absolutely. So they have no conception of what they're dealing with on the other side of the aisle at all. Ever heard of a peaceful riot? Yeah, right? Right? Yeah. I'm Stone, and I will be right back with a final word. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. It's been a delight having Sam Stone in studio with me as we try and do most Thursdays. We started our conversation with a piece must reading over at the Free Press, thefp.com. Congressman Mike Gallagher from Wisconsin has a piece on the dangers of TikTok and what it has done to our youth and young adult minds, and particularly when it comes to this issue going on between Gaza and Israel. But let me just give you this last point of his, Sam, and I'll let you say anything you want. Allowing a CCP-controlled entity to become the dominant player in America is as if in 1962, right before the Cuban Missile Crisis, we had allowed Pravda and the KGB to purchase the New York Times, the Washington Post, ABC, and NBC. So long as TikTok and control of its algorithm remain in the grip of the Chinese Communist Party, we are ceding the ability to censor American speech to a foreign adversary. Well, he's 100% right. I mean, it's a very good analogy, right? Um, But that brings me to two different points. The first one is that Dealing with TikTok itself, if we had political will, it's a lot like securing the border, right? We're told, oh, there's nothing we can do about this. But then Trump comes along and he does what people said they would do for years and suddenly it works, right? The answer to dealing with TikTok is very simple. You ban TikTok and you ban any Chinese social media company from operation inside the United States, period. Done. They do it to our social media companies. So I don't see any reason why we have to allow theirs in. You cannot go on Twitter in China. I mean, that's, you know, so let's let's just start there. That answer is actually pretty simple, and we just need to have the political will to do it. The other part of the problem and the reason that TikTok is such a danger is something that he sort of skates by in, in that quote, which is that if the New York Times and the Washington Post, ABC, NBC, CBS, if CNN, if all of them were honest purveyors of news... And if our educational system was designed to educate instead of indoctrinate, then the threat of a TikTok would be incredibly minimal because these kids would have the background and knowledge to be able to confront the bad ideas that are being pushed down them. But they don't. They have no foundational basis to oppose the information they're getting from this Chinese Communist Party-controlled entity, which is designed very specifically to aid in the downfall and destruction of America. And that's incredibly dangerous. C.S. Lewis said to miseducate a child is subject them all the more easily to propaganda. And that's what we're doing. We're, we're making the kids' brains mush in the first place, and then it becomes clay in the hands of the next strongest argument, which yeah. is 
communism is a pretty strong toxic. Why toxic. why why did we get to the point where so I remember this from from all those years ago when I went through the university I had a roommate who was really struggling his first semester they immediately moved him to the school of education. <laughs> yeah. We're taking the dumbest kids in America we're turning them into teachers and we wonder why we have these outcomes. Sam Stone has been my guest. Check out his show every Saturday at 3 p.m. Breaking Battlegrounds. Folks, thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. We don't take any of you for granted. We appreciate you very much. Until tomorrow, on behalf of Sam and young David, David Soul, God bless you all. I'm Seth. Class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.